Lights up on a park bench. Lights up on a desk. Lights up. A podcast by the Ensemble Theater of Chattanooga. One. Level up. All right. Well, hi, girls, ladies. I can do this. <laughs> hi. All right. So this is season three of Lights Up. This is kind of an exciting thing. This year we were offered a grant, a very generous, significant grant to produce two seasons, actually. Uh, so this is sort of the, the introduction for our first season. Glad to have Dana back, who right now is out in San Diego working, doing the professional actress life. And Christy, who's still in Chattanooga with me, doing the professional mom life. That is not that I'm doing the professional mom life. I'm still not a mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't know if I'll ever make it to being a mom, but... Uh, you know, science has come a long way in 46 years. So um, anyway, but yeah, so I thought, you know, we would just uh, get together and uh, just do a little chat about what's going on and how excited we are to be doing season three. So it's been slow going, I think, since the pandemic. We've talked about that so much, right? This, well, you are a mom because you helped birth this podcast, Gary. So, <laughs> so, so we can say that you, you are a podcast mom, mother of podcasts. Um, <laughs> I'm blushing. No one can see that, but I'm blushing. Um, but I, I would say that, right, we've had so much uh, change over the pandemic in our personal and our professional lives. And I think um, over the course of this season, you'll see the that 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 one con- consistent thing is that things have changed and developed yeah. <laughs> in both of those areas for all of us. This season focusing on major events, um, and we've all had major events, both big and small, in our lives. Um, I personally decided to get back more focused into performing, so I've jumped back into my voice lessons. I'm taking a musical improv class, which is really wild. I'm yeah, learning. Talk to us about that, Dana, musical improv. Christy and yeah, I both did used to do musical improv. Yes, so I'm doing it through an improv school in New York City called the Magnet Theater. I'll shout them out. Um, really great. Um, <clears throat> and basically, there's different levels you go through. The first level you go through, you learn all the song structures. You learn what an opening number is, how a chorus is structured, the four or five different types of choruses. And then the second level that I'm going to be returning to when I get back to New York in in a in a few weeks is learning a structure um, and how to, based off one word from the audience, create a full musical with opening and closing numbers, an antagonist, a protagonist, um, some charm characters. There's a problem. The problem is solved. Uh, So we learn that whole structure, and it's literally unique and made up on the spot. So that's been really fun. Uh, It's incorporating singing. It's incorporating using my brain in a new way. I love that. I love that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone with that project, Dana. Yeah. Little little misprepared Dana is (laughs) having to improvise. Experiencing a new element you didn't know you had. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've always been pretty like, I can fully all make up songs for people and things in my life. Um, But it's fun to have this structure and to be able to do it with a group. And um, our accompanist is magic. He is pure magic. Um, But yeah, and also as an adult, it's nice to make some friends again. And we have met this whole new group of people and 
we have all these different common interests and some of them are really from the comedy world and are not from the theater world at all. So it's really kind of interesting for us to like talk about what we know and what our previous training has been. So that's super fun. And all of that has helped me when I got called out here. I'm at the La Jolla Playhouse. I got about three days notice to come out. And um, a show that I helped develop with Tectonic Theater Project back in 2018, um, it, they finally got some new drafts of the script. And it is now a full 90-minute play, full-length play. Uh, it's a Holocaust history play. So it's very serious in nature based on some real-life events. And they called me out here because, you know, COVID, once again, major event in all of our lives, um, has really changed the way theaters are doing understudies and covers. And they really needed some extra coverage because I'm familiar with the material. They called me out here and I had to learn all four of the female roles in two weeks. Um, so I was glad I was already kind of twisting my brain because there was um, a lot to learn. And so we have one week left of performances. Everyone stayed healthy. I haven't gone on yet, but there's still time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be involved. It's nice to see this through. And there's some real big hopes and plans for it to go to New York. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a big major change for you, too, because it's a big regional, first really big regional theater that you've worked at, right? Um, Yeah, I did some. Well, I did Virginia Rep, which is pretty big. Also, Alort B. Um, and I've done, I think maybe one or two other, but this is up there. This is big. A lot, a lot of shows are doing their out of town tryouts here. We had Lempika running in the theater opposite us, which is a new musical that's already confirmed headed to Broadway. Huh? Um, they overlapped with us for a little bit. So yeah, it's, it's great. It's great to be doing this. It's great to be called out. I was called out directly by the creative team and the director. And um, I hope that I get to continue with the project. For yeah. sure. So Chrissy, what has been your major change? Went from a family of three to a family of five when <laughs> my twins were born. I mean, they just turned one years old. So it's been just a, a whirlwind of a year introducing them to all that is the Tipton household and the rules that are the, uh, the the do's and the do nots and the yes you may's. Yeah, we were lucky enough to get to see the progression of you and the babes and the pregnancy. Not although of course the listeners couldn't see it, but you were pregnant while we were recording the last half of last season. Yeah, part of yeah. it. Super pregnant. I look back at pictures and I, I didn't feel really huge at the time. But looking back at pictures, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. Like, yeah. I was so huge with baby by the time they're <laughs> Babies. Babies. Uh, <laughs> great. You look beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but it's, beautiful. Mm -hmm. it's been such an incredible experience. Twins are just as hard as you imagine, but it truly is double everything so yes double the difficulty but double the joy as well like I love watching my girls together especially just realizing that there is this little bond that they have I will never understand and just to be witness to it is just an incredible gift like I I've, I just want to write a little book for them about the things I'm observing that they'll they won't remember um but it's just it's it's a cool thing it's a really cool thing I mean, as a twin, there are things that I do remember about being a child. <laughs> I'm scared to ask. Gary, what you <laughs> Yeah, I think that the being a twin has actually improved my bond 
with the friends that I have. Twins speak or like, do they do, do they have certain like, I mean, do they have a secret handshake or do they have special words? Yeah. <laughs> I, they're I'm sure they're so smart. <laughs> Uh, as my as my friend Marcia would say, I guess they're smart because of all the damn good food I feed them. That's what she says. Um, um, yeah. and I, I want to say just because uh, so so Christy's husband Joey is working on another podcast with ETC uh, that is called Game Night, and uh, <laughs> Joey was over here, and there's, there's actually a recording of this, but he was the everybody was talking about food and and what they feed kids and stuff, and Joey's like, no, no, no. My wife takes care of that, and she won't let that. She won't let any of my kids have any of that. <laughs> and I just was like, I couldn't stop laughing. So when you said that, all the damn good food you're feeding them, it's it's very true, and it's noticed. It's, it's it's very true. I'm a little bit rigid on things like sugar or processed foods, and you know, chemicals. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just that person with myself too. I'm not just, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Um, but they do, Dana, they do have their own little language. They're, they babble back and forth, like they're having little conversations. And I will say my, so the older of the two Piper has started talking and saying certain words, but I kid you not, her first word was no. (laughs) Like you want those sassy pants right now before I do it for you. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) She's good at establishing boundaries. Let's just look at it that way. I encourage it. We want to raise really critical thinkers, not good little soldiers. And some of that involves some pushback, us being willing to accept the pushback as they find their voice to work through things. And that that's that's more fun with the almost four-year-old than it is with the one-year-old. I was going to say, I was going to say, like, watching Albert grow up and and how how he communicates and and just the the way that you guys communicate with him is so fascinating. I love that. I love we had that. some guys over today to do some work on the roof for the house we just bought. Woohoo! Um, but he, big change, all about big change. Um, and it was so cute. He opened the door, and the first thing he said was, "What's up, guys?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's learning how to say, "Hi, my name is Albert. What's your name?" Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! The other day, you weren't you weren't there, Christy. I was visiting with Joey, and Albert's like, uh, he goes. How you doing, Gigi? I was like, so what? <laughs> you, you call me Gigi? <laughs> yeah, how's your day? And I was like, because <laughs> we say that to each other, how's your day? Yeah. And he'll say, not bad, not too bad. <laughs> yeah. How does he like being a big brother? Depends on the day. Sometimes he loves it. Sometimes he only kill, almost kills them with his love. Yeah. And then sometimes he almost kills them. <laughs> I'm a big sister, so I relate to all of that. <laughs> What's the age gap between you and your brother? Four years. Okay, same. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, in my opinion. We're so close now, which is nice. Even though we live very far apart, and we live very, very different lives. Like, my brother is my biggest and best champion. He's probably the purest form of unconditional love in my life. Like, he just truly gets who I am and what I do, and, like, when I told him I was coming out here, he doesn't know how like world premieres work and play developments. And they're like, weren't you doing this play four years ago? But he didn't care. His first reaction was like, F yeah. Like, I'm so excited for you. You know, <laughs> lots of excited expletives. Um, <laughs> you just 
this. I'm so proud. So yeah, even though he's my little brother, he's like one of my biggest champions and it's really nice. And and I I think it's nice to have that dynamic of like masculine and feminine energy and having that balance um, between siblings, I think can be really fun too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I get it though. There were times where I definitely didn't want my little brother to be doing what I was doing. <laughs> Sometimes you just slam the door, you know, you're four or five years old. You don't have the wherewithal. So I get it. I get it, Albert. <laughs> it is cute. He will do that. He'll go in his room and he'll shut the door if he needs some, and he does slam it. Don't know where he really learned that, but he, he'll do that. if he It's an innate behavior. We don't have to learn that. We just know. We need an emphasis. <laughs> we need a punctuation. What's funny is I speak punctuation sometimes, like just talking to someone. I'll be like, hey, do you want to do dinner? Question mark. And he has started doing things like that. Like the other day he was like, question mark. <laughs> That's a big change. Big change from three to five. Yeah. yeah. I also had a big change. Yes, you did. Let's talk about it. Right. You I lost it. <laughs> Yeah, so I've lost about 100 pounds over the course of the last time that we talked. Definitely. And you look amazing. Well, thank you. Yes. How do you feel? Better. I'm learning how to feel better, which is great, because that was a big deal. Um, learning what feeling better feels like, which I guess I didn't know. Um, but it's interesting to, you know... No one's ever said, Gary, you're ugly. No one's ever said that to me. <laughs> so, thank God, right? Uh, but now, it's, but when they say things like, ah, oh, you're really cute or blah, 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 or you just radiate or whatever they say, you know, um, it, it's different now. Like, I, I don't know if I, I, I mean, I guess I hear it or it it impacts me in a way that it didn't before, I guess, because I, I'm, I've found some kind of confidence in the weight loss. So that's exciting. Um, it's nice that it's impacted both your physical and mental health in such a positive way. Yeah. And I, I was so worried about how it would impact me mentally going into it. Cause I had, for those that don't know, I had bariatric surgery in December. Um, and so I was so afraid of how it would impact me, um, mentally that I think I've overprepared. <laughs> so like, now there's a little bit of dialing back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's, insane i remember i used to think that you know i would wake up in the morning or i'd have like, like these dreams where i would you know be this more idealized person than i was and and then i would wake up and I'd be like oh it's not true you know what i'm saying and uh or i'd look in the mirror and i'd put my hands just on the sides of my hips and go oh if i could just lose that you know <laughs> and and so to have those things be like realities now is just it, it like it's sometimes I still have to pinch myself, you know. Um, so yeah, so getting a new wardrobe that fits is exciting <laughs> instead of wearing clothes that don't fit, uh, because I wanted comfort, you know. But being comfortable in things that fit is exciting too. So, so yeah, big changes all around for all of us. So that's kind of why, um, I thought that this would be a good theme for the season. Uh, major events, live changes. And so we've got 10 scripts, um, three or four playwrights that you've probably heard before on um, Lights Up. Um, Dana Leslie Goldstein and uh, John Patrick Bray are both uh, 
play we we featured their plays before uh the first season john patrick bray's green sound so he has sent us another script uh and he was just so happy with how green sound turned out in the interview with christy and dana that he was like i want you guys to do this one and it's called seal island and it's uh it's kind of you know it's got a bit of fantasy to it which i really like uh a mythology mythological sort of bent to it which is really neat and then Dana Leslie Goldstein actually came down to Chattanooga last summer to visit her son, who was at UTC uh, doing, which is the local university here, doing some kind of summer programming. And um, while she was in town, went to a comic book store and was inspired to write a play about that. So one of the plays that we're featuring this uh, this season is called Fragile, and that's by Dana Leslie Goldstein, and it's based on a comic book bookstore here locally in Chattanooga, which in a very strange and unsolicited way is kind of neat because there is a new comic book convention in Chattanooga in October, which is about the same time where the episode featuring Dana's play will air. Uh, and they have hired ETC to come in and perform radio plays of old comic books uh, as part of the convention entertainment. Uh, and so uh, I've been going back and forth between Dana and the organizers of this festival about Dana's play. And so it's kind of, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with regards to the play, but it's just kind of a, a weird, interesting, small world. And then we have two other playwrights, uh, Rex McGregor and Chris Eli Black, who have both had monologues featured in previous seasons, episodes, the monologue episode. And so this year we have plays from them. So. And do we have one of our playwrights also performing as an actor this season? That's right, we do. Peter, Peter Macklin, who uh, wrote um, a play for us in the first season, I believe, or was it last season? It was last season. first season. <laughs> I, have go, I have to go back and check. <laughs> fact checker, Red. <laughs> we don't have Red with us. That's what we need. We need a true fact check, just like on right. armchair. Right. But Peter, <laughs> ha- yeah, Peter is a New York-based playwright actor, and... Uh, this year, he will be performing with us uh, as one of the acting ensemble. And something we did a little differently this year is that we have 12 actors who will be doing all the roles in all the shows. So you'll hear them at least twice. Uh, all of the actors have at least two roles, uh, and except for one who has one role. But um, So you'll get to hear them in different roles, which kind of be kind of, kind of fun and interesting, too. Um, and again, they, they're all over the place. Um, Rex McGregor, the playwright I mentioned before, is from New Zealand. Uh, we have a playwright from Washington State, from Washington, D.C., um, Georgia, California. I mean, just they're all over the place. It's kind of exciting the the reach of, of the podcast has had. So, yeah. Oh, and fun, fun little factoid again about web of, of uh, artists that we weave. Um, so one of my castmates out here, uh, his wife still performs kind of as a hobby she was an actress for a long time and now she does it more kind of on a hobby or guest level uh she just partook in a big reading of ukrainian plays hosted by john friedman john friedman yeah Yeah. Uh, and speaking that's a great that's a great little segue too because so um andre kuryechik who wrote uh, the the um, the play that we did last season that we talked to John about and that we sort of did an episode a couple of episodes on, um, he wrote another play called Voices of the New Belarus and uh, allowed 
actually allowed ETC the ability to premiere it uh, in the United States. So we did a reading, for staged reading of that back in uh, April uh, about the Belarusian uh, conflict that's still going on over there. And then John and I have spoken uh, at length about somehow working uh, on a project that deals with the Ukraine incident that has uh, also popped up over in Eastern Europe. So, um, because the giant war that is being raged on them by Russia, <laughs> the big giant war just popped up, right? Uh, I didn't mean to, to minimalize it, but what's interesting about that is, um, Maxim Kirochkin, who is a Ukrainian playwright and whose play was featured on the first season. Yeah, Maxim's play, Circuit Breaker. So, Maxim, last I talked to John, was you know, uh, armored up walking the streets of the Ukraine, looking for his friends and family and fighting off, uh, fighting off the, the enemy. Uh, and so lots of playwrights are doing that and lots of artist friends that John knows. So they're doing all these kinds of things to get the work out just to get money in to support uh, the citizens of the Ukraine, not to support necessarily any kind of artistic, you know, uh, living or anything like that. So, so yeah, lots going on in the world. That's really kind of, um, been affecting what we're doing here in little old Chattanooga. <laughs> Major events that are being trickled down to, yeah, it's really kind of cool. Well, so uh, this is just a little precluder. Precluder? That's not even a word, Gary. <laughs> At least you're admitting when things aren't words now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a little bit of a, a, <laughs> a little premonition of what you might get. Well, you won't get me talking during the uh, season. I don't do any much talking, so... Oh, I'm doing the stage directions this year because our stage direction extraordinaire, Casey Keelan, had a major event live change as well. She is now teaching middle school after years working in corporate America and carrying me along. (laughs) She uh, She went back to school last year and got her master's degree in education. And uh, this past Wednesday, started teaching school eighth graders uh, reading and writing. Congrats, Yeah, so she's not with us this season. Uh, hopefully, we'll get her back for season four. Um, but we don't have Casey this year, this season. So I'm doing the stage directions in my closest to professional voice that I can find. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So anyway, I'm excited. We're excited. Uh, September 5th, Labor Day, that's the first episode we'll drop, and the play is Holy Hell. Barbara Lindsay and uh, Barbara is a playwright out of Washington State, so um, hopefully you'll chime in and listen to our interview with her and the play featuring Daniel Meeks and um, and Sadie Collins, and uh, we hope you'll join us. Uh, So, uh, yeah, this is Gary and Dana and Christy, the creators of Lights Up, and we'll see you later. Don't leave. (laughs) I got it. We gotta wait for confetti. Lights Up is a podcast produced by the Ensemble Theatre of Chattanooga, a 501c3 nonprofit independent theatre company located in Southeast Tennessee. Lights Up is hosted by Christy Gallo and Dana Colagiovanni. Sound by Eric Red Wyatt. Graphics by Jamie Goodnight. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, copied, or presented without the express written consent of the Ensemble Theatre of Chattanooga. The plays presented on this podcast are protected by all national and international copyright laws. If you are interested in producing any of the plays featured on Lights Up, contact us and we will get you in touch with the playwright. 
If you would like your play considered for a future episode or would like to be an actor or reader, please shoot us a message at lightsup at ensemble theater of Chattanooga.com.